Hello everybody, my name's Darren, I write a blog, it's called A Demon's Voice, you can find it at ademonsvoice.blogspot.com, and I'm also on Twitter, at Demon's Voice, of which you should definitely follow me, because why the fuck not? Hi you all, hope you're all getting on okay during this lockdown. It's tough, isn't it? It can be hard. Oh. Did you guys have your dog of almost 15 years put down this week too? No. Oh, well then I reckon mine was probably worse, wasn't it? And you can shut the fuck up. Obviously she was getting ill, she'd been getting slower on her walks, which would... The amount of infected people out there felt like a risk to my life. A hyperventilating jogger is now as terrifying to me as one of the fucking spitters from Left for Fucking Dead. I missed the dog so much, but walking with her during her final days was like dragging an anchor through a fucking minefield, and I thought that this bitch is going to get me fucking killed. Then she got iller and iller, and sadly I had to take her to be put to sleep, which was not fun. I went in with her as they did it, which was lucky, because I was speaking to somebody else that recently lost her dog, and she said that vets were not letting people in uh, because of the pandemic. But, if she wanted, they would film it for her and give it to her on a DVD to watch later on, which is clearly fucking demented. I mean, why would they do that? You're going in there to comfort your pet in their final moments, and not because you want a free vet's blooper reel. I hate to judge, but if you want a DVD of your dog being put to sleep, you did not love that dog. You were a psychopath, and whilst you want your back, you are definitely masturbating. On the bright side, I did end up losing about half a stone over the course of the few days, which is pretty good. I'm 6 foot and now I'm only 11 stone 3, which is really slim when you factor in that a lot of that weight will be thanks to my massive dick. That was an abrupt change of tone, wasn't it? I know a lot of people are worried about putting weight on during this lockdown, and so I have a bit of advice. Don't give up delicious junk food. Don't start exercising. Just find the one thing that you love the most in the world, which in my case was my dog. It has to be the one thing that you just couldn't bear to live without. And then once you've decided, take it to a professional and pay to have it destroyed. I guarantee that the pounds will fucking fall off you. 400 quid I spent on a gym a year, whereas it's only 150 pounds to have a dog killed. I'm not being funny, but when you do the maths, it really does speak for itself. I got her back the other day in an urn, which is so weird because of how quickly she got ill and how rapidly her health failed. The other day she was just running around the back with me and now she's just on a shelf in an expensive jar like I picked up some posh fucking jam from the farmer's market. What's that, people will ask me, to which I have to answer, that's my jar of dog. We keep our dogs in jars in this house now, presumably on the off chance that we run out of seasoning and fancy spicing up our food Korean style. Is that racist? I don't mean it to be. All I know is that my week started off fucking horrendous with the dog, and just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, it turns out that now I have to pick up my own food and crumbs that I drop on the floor. So, what a load of bullshit. The film I saw this week was also bollocks. Uh, it was called Mark of the Devil. It's a Mexican supernatural horror movie. Uh, it's just been dumped onto Netflix like a turd landed on concrete, and I am about to talk to you about it now. Enjoy, and cheers! At the start of the week, I had to have my dog of 14 and a half years put to sleep, and yet, watching Mark of the Devil was probably the worst thing that I've experienced over the last few days. Not really, obviously, but you get my point. The dog thing was like having my heart ripped out, whereas watching the film was more like being lightly kicked in the head for a little bit. I'd spotted the film on Netflix and so figured I'd give it a whirl, but despite only having a running time of about 80 minutes, I swear to god that it must have been on for about 5 fucking days. By the time that film was finally over, I'd grown facial hair, lost weight, and reality was now tinged with this surreal dreamlike edge that didn't really feel real. Admittedly, most of that was probably down to the dog situation and it happened over the last few days, but there is no denying that getting through Mark of the Devil was like being stranded on a desert island with only rocks to lick and suicide to contemplate for entertainment. The film itself is about a group of people getting possessed by a... thing? I don't know. 
That's about as much as I can tell you because the whole film was so painfully fucking tedious that my concentration began to lapse and I was forced to retreat to that safe room in my mind palace as though I was a fucking torture victim. I swear that Terry Waits would have found himself with more to think about as he spent five years chained to a fucking radiator than I did whilst watching this piece of shit film. The story, for what it is, focuses on a small family who come into possession of what looked like the Necronomicon from Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead. Now, I am aware that Sam Raimi didn't come up with the idea of the Book of the Dead, and that Mark of the Devil has drawn as much inspiration from Lovecraft as anything else, but come on, at least make the fucking thing look a little bit different. The prop for the book here is so close to the one in Raimi's iconic masterpiece that I just assumed that it was the special edition DVD box set and the family were about to spend an evening watching Bruce Campbell getting groovy with his mischievous right hand. I don't mean wanking, obviously, but no. It is an evil book they decide to open up and read, because of course they fucking do. When was the last time you saw a bunch of kids decide to hang out so they could just have a read together? Because I'm sure that it would have been pre-World War One, and they'd have all met up on their penny fucking farthings, and with a gallon of ginger beer to get fucking giddy off. Not only that, but the book they decide to read looks fucking rank. The cover of it literally seems to be made out of the scabbiest arseholes from a herd of rancid cows. And it's so horrible that even Ed Gein would have worn gloves to save getting dirty from touching it. And let's not forget that his gloves were made from the skin of dead people's fucking hands. But from here, one of the girls that reads the book appears to become possessed by a thing. I don't know what. But it manifests itself when she's at a nightclub and starts to feel sick. So she runs to the bathroom only to be told there's a queue for the toilet and that she has to get to the back of it. That's right, this film is less than 90 minutes long, and even that consists of a scene in which the etiquette of what to do when needing a piss in public is discussed. An argument ensues, the sick girl gets black eyes, and then she smashes a person in the queue's head against the wall. As scares in horror movies go, this one seems to be drawing direct inspiration from a night out with fucking girls allowed. Not that I should be making fun of this movie, I suppose. It's clearly been made on a budget of coins that were found down the back of a fucking sofa, and so I can only imagine that the people involved worked really hard to make it. And I hope they're proud of it, because why not? But during this club scene, it's obvious that there's only about 12 extras that have been hired to have the place seem busy, and so the frame is kept tight and everybody has been crammed together to give the impression of a crowd. Occasionally though, the camera would wobble and you'd see that outside of all the people on screen there's nobody fucking there. I have to admit that in this time of the coronavirus in which we're being ordered to constantly keep our distance, this scene in which all of those people are squished together was truly fucking terrifying. And slightly arousing, if I'm honest, because come on now. There's actually two other characters that appear to be possessed with the same thing that the girl is. You can tell because they tend to have black liquid around their mouth and running through their veins. The problem is that it just makes it look as though they've been chewing fucking ink cartridges and I don't know why. These two of the characters are slightly more aware of their situation and so pace about discussing what to do, as though trying to hold something demonic within themselves. Unfortunately, their direction seems to have been to act as if they're trying not to shit their pants, and so for the most part, I wasn't sure if they needed an exorcist or just a box of fucking Imodium. Occasionally, they'd puke this black gunge out of their mouths too for some reason. When the girl in the club gets to the toilet to puke out her gunge, it seemed as though the film's effects team had made the substance a bit too thick, and the result was that she seemed to dump a turd out of her mouth, which wasn't very nice. After this incident, the possessed girl then fell asleep for two solid days. When she finally woke up, her parents decided to take her to the doctor and asked to take her blood to find out what happened to her. But is that normal? To let a child sleep for two solid days and then take them to the doctor? All my dog did was seem extra drowsy for a few days and it turned out that her kidneys had failed. And so I would argue that if your loved one has actually been unconscious for 48 hours before you decide to do anything about it, then their biggest problem is actually that they have a prick like you looking out for them. 
But like I say, it almost feels harsh to give this movie a kick in, now that I have, because of how amateur its overall feel is. Even the score sounds as if it was just demo music that came free with the fucking editing package. If I'd won this film at a raffle for a neglected donkey charity, I probably wouldn't have been that arsed about it, nor would I likely have watched it. But because it was being prominently advertised on my Netflix channel, I assumed it was going to be at least, you know, a proper film. Perhaps the people behind it think it is too, and good luck to them. I hope that they're happy with what they've made, and I wish them all the luck in the world with all of their future endeavours. Not in terms of films, obviously. But if they ever find themselves in need of a job, then the service industry is usually taken on somewhere. I actually tried to do a bit of research into the making of this film because I was curious what its budget might have been and how it ended up getting distributed on this streaming service. This turned out to be a little trickier than I'd expected, when it turned out the film didn't even have a fucking Wikipedia page. I mean, how the fuck is that possible? There's a bloke that lives near me that keeps getting arrested for touching young men's muscles, and even he has his own Wikipedia page. I ended up finding the film in the end, but only by searching for its original Spanish title of El Mal del Gran Turde. Not really, obviously, it's uh, La Marca del Dominio or something. But even then, there was so little information that I can only imagine that the film was made as a front for some criminal organisation to launder their drugs money through. In which case, I'd still argue that this film was probably their worst crime. Anyway, thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time.